To another episode of Supercoach Insider. My name is Ben. And I'm Swizz. And thank you for joining us for the Hawks Team Analysis Quickfire Podcast. Swizz, always happy to have you on the line. Nice to see one of us is changing our shirts. Um, thank you for joining us. Oh, well, I can't believe you didn't comment on my last shirt that I was wearing and that, but yeah, no. we pulled out the Death Star on that one, but I'm really disappointed that you missed that one, the, the previous pod. No, I saw it. I saw it. Um, <laughs> wearing it against the GWS, so I decided not to take bait in that one. So I was all on the big, big sound and it didn't eventuate. So uh, before we move on, find us on our socials, SC Insider 100 on Facebook, Twitter, Twitch, all our audio platforms as well, Spotify, SoundCloud, Twitcher, you name it, yeah, Stitcher, and YouTube. Uh, search for us, Supercoach Insider. Loving it. Thank you very much on the YouTube as well. Nearly got a thousand subs. Um, trying to keep this a bit shorter for you guys. So we'll see how we go. Hawks are an interesting one for me, Swizz, because when you have a look at outside of, you know, Titch and a sprinkling of others, we were hoping for a whole bunch of um, standard relevance in some of these rookies, but starting to get a little bit up in the air. What do you think about their list so far? Well, it's a real um, interesting one. We think the Hawks are going to be down the lower part of the ladder. New coach in with Sammy Mitchell, who's worked with some of these boys at VFL level. So we're just there's a lot of unknowns about which way he's going to go. If he's going to say uh, put some of those boys in that he's worked with in the past, is he going to play some of these rookies? Is he going to give some of these senior guys first crack? Um, so there is a lot of question marks about the Hawks that we kind of just don't know um, at the moment, and they're going to be a really interesting preseason watch this week. Yeah, no, I agree. I'm definitely going to be watching this one. When we have a look at that fixture, they actually start off with a real bunny side, North Melbourne, straight off the bat. So Tom Mitchell probably going big against North. Uh, it gets a little bit harder, though. Port Adelaide, I mean, Carlton, Saints, Geelong, Sydney, Melbourne after that. Even Essendon and then Richmond. So teams that, you know, when you look at, say, Titch, they might let him run around after that or they might put a little bit of pressure on him. They might have someone with him a little bit. So for me, you know, when you look at you know, Carlton Saints, Geelong, Sydney, Melbourne, Essendon, Richmond, Brisbane, I can't see it being the easiest ride. But when you get to that middle part, then you have the Suns, you have the Pies, Dockers, Adelaide, West Coast, North again, Suns again. Man, it opens up. Yeah, no, it, it does. And that, and naturally, when you're a um, lower side, you get the easier fixture the way the AFL does it your top six bottoms middle six bottom six so that'll definitely be in Hawthorne's favor this year and that will not only help the premium guys um you know we expect big things from Tommy Mitchell this year but some of those rookies um we saw with Cozzy last year you know you get some easy kills he got that bag of six goals um so it always brings some of them guys in even the small forwards because you know they might have to pick up a two three goal goal game um and the confidence of playing those players more um, and keeping them in the side because they're having reasonable games, unlike if they were playing for a higher team and you're playing against the top teams every week and, you know, they've got their systems and structures set up. So Hawthorne, in a way, is very relevant because of their rookies. It's just which rookies is the question Sam Mitchell goes to. Yep, I agree. And whether what their scoring potential is as well. Yeah, you know, because they did have quite a few rookies last year. When you're looking at Brockman, 
Um, you know, Danny's done, um, hopefully could be an option this year, but when you look at, um, was it Granger Barras, um, Newcomb did well last year. Nash has sort of come in um, into their side this year. Uh, Warpole had underperformed. So when you look at some of these other guys, you know, Cozzy had Brockman, these ones from last year, there is probably a little bit of room and there's definitely a bit of hype about some of their players. But the issue is with that I'm having at the moment is that the new players kind of let us down on the weekend, which has kind of thrown me off them a little bit. Um, and we'll get on them a bit more briefly because realistically it's Tom Mitchell. And that's about it, except for some rookies and then a few other maybe draft relevant options. So it's it's actually a bit bleak, Swiss. I'm not going to lie. Well, actually, you, you haven't even mentioned their highest um, pick player, which is Sick Dog in the defence. And I know you're trying to avoid talking okay. about him, but he deserves his uh, time for he discussion, does. mate. So let's, let's start with Tom Mitchell then, shall we? He started off slow last year. Ended up coming home, was averaging 116 through the middle eight and then stormed home with a 134 average in the back seven. So if you got on him around that middle stage, like a lot of people did, and he got so cheap too, he definitely rewarded those people. Also frustrating for the ones that owned him early because he's also one of the only players that can get 30-odd disposals and pull a Taranto and not ton up. So um, where are you, Swiss? Are you, are you on him to start this year or are you waiting and seeing? He has not left my side. Uh, straight off has not left it. Um, tw- not even, worried about the teams he's playing? Absolutely, mate. 22 games last year, average of 117. We know what this guy's best can do. Like There was that at 129 back in 2018. He is their midfielder. Just he, And you don't tag him because he's the guy that gets the handball out. You're more likely to tag somebody who's you know going to distribute into the forward line. But I, I just see Tom Mitchell racking up his 30 touches each week. He's 20 handballs and does what he does. And, you know, he does like to um, get on those tackles. You know, he's, he averaged five tackles a game last year. He's had career highs of 6.5, 6.7. And with those new rules that we talked about, that'll help out Jack Steele and Tuke Miller. I think it also helps out Tommy Mitchell, especially if, uh, you know, they're going to be playing a bit of defensive and chasing that ball around as well. Yeah, no, I'm with you. And here's where I think the, the you know, the benefit is, is that Tom Mitchell's always been pretty upfront and honest when you know, asked about his injury. So a couple of years ago, you know, he was saying, oh, you know, it's getting there in touch for round one. And then last year he was even saying like, look, it feels pretty good. It's not a hundred percent. And then this year he's actually come out saying, well, it's the best, you know, he feels a hundred percent. The leg basically is fully gone, like, you know, fully healed, no issues. And it's the first, he feels the fittest he's been in a long time, like since before the injury. So he's feeling better now than he has since before the injury. And we all know the, the absolute pig and the goat that he was at that time. So his upside is definitely huge. For me, it's, um, I do like Tom Mitchell, but again, with those, some of those earlier harder draws, I'm like, can I afford to fade him to start the season and, and then pick him up? I definitely want him. It's just more of a, do I start him or do I try and get him in? And that's the kind of dilemma at this point. But at his price, I think there's definitely some upside and I can undersee why, understand why people are sort of looking at him for their sides. So 638K, slightly cheaper. What is he, about 40K less than a Took and a Steel and those kind of guys and could match the output of both of those. So I can understand the appeal. Yeah, it's like the draw is up and down, but you know, North Melbourne round one, that could be absolutely anything. The Port away game, Matt, but Carlton again, Saints, yay, Geelong, you know, disappointed there, then, you know, Melbourne. So it's a real up and down. Uh, I think for some people, it's probably looking at your structure come by time 
and what mids you want in there to start off with. And it's probably that's where your decision for Tommy Mitchell comes. But they have um, the last buy, yes. Uh, yeah, off the top of my head. Yeah, they do. Yep. So it's one of those, depending on who else you've got that round. Um, just having a look through that, which would be round 14. So you're going to yep. have uh, that's the Neil, um, it's the Frio buy, it's the Melbourne buy with Oliver. So it becomes a bit of a balance there of how many of them you want to start. Um, you could still probably potentially have three, um, be Neil Oliver and Mitchell, but that probably counts out then your Brayshaw. Um, I don't think there's any North or Collingwood midfielder that we're looking at. No. So it, I, I'm not so worried about for the bye round there. And as we said, with, with some of those games early on, and he, he has bullied, absolutely bullied Carlton in the past. Um, like most people, got, um, yeah, you're right. Yeah, though, 140. When you look at must haves, though, you look at um, so Lyon, so yeah, Lockie Neal, we think it's a must have. Clayton Oliver will probably be a must have throughout the season, and then probably Titch is the other must have. Um, Brayshaw probably could come or go, you know, 115, he might become a must have, but generally, there'll be others around his average that you should be able to pick up, which means that it's really those three main guys. And you know, Titch, you're not going to try and be picking him up around round 15. You know what I mean? So it's kind of one of those, he has the last buy, so you might as well try and get on him early and then that way, like starting him and then try and upgrade others as they go through the buy rounds. With three extra trades too, I'm definitely trying to keep some trades up my sleeve to literally go so aggressive through those buy rounds with um, multiple trades. Because what do we normally get? We normally get three trades a buy round? Yep. With a possible fourth now. Yep. If you use one of your other things so you could definitely make some moves over that buy round or before that buy round um to upgrade it's going to be crazy well in regards to tom mitchell my thinking also with him is you're going to want him he's going to be one of the top eight mids so that that ticks that box outside the freak injury of the broken leg you know 2016 22 games 22 games 17 22 games 2018 22 games last year this guy just doesn't miss footy uh, absolute ball magnet, so he ticks that box too. Um, so I, at his price, I can't see him dropping, unlike the other guys, where you could possibly yep, see sorry, steel or just breaking out there, mate. Um, yeah, no, I'm with you with the um, the twitch. Uh, sorry, with the uh, titch train. Uh, we'll have a look next at um, Sicily. Swiss has got a bit of a blurry face thing happening up there. Um, Sicily is the next one now. Definitely a really good price point. When you look at Sick Dog, he's 448K, so that's where the appeal comes from. And, um, yes, yeah, so I can understand why people are trying to start him or around that sort of Hewitt price point, and that's where people are getting interested in. Now, when we have a look back at his you – know, when we sort of look at his history, there is definitely some appeal there, Swizz. Oh, absolutely. Like any guy that – any defender that's averaged 105 before and also averaged 100 and th or nearly 103 – You've got to definitely take seriously. Um, underpriced, yeah. We know what he can do with the intercept marks. We expect Hawthorne to see more ball down in the defence, so it's hard to ignore Sicily, especially at his percentage that he's been picked. Yep, no, I agree. Um, definitely, that history too is is unreal. Um, what was he averaging 105 a couple of years ago, and then 2019 was at um, 93 odd, so it was a bit lower. 102.9 off 11 games that came out absolutely firing with some big scores too. 132, 149, 164. Definitely has the ceiling. If you're picking him though, he definitely has to be a top six consideration in your line. 
and uh, obviously it matters what you do with the extra hundred thousand that you're going to bank, but um, he's someone that could, and it looks like he has been impressive, uh, really dominate. And it's just a matter of if he can a keep that defensive point of view. So don't go forward. And if he can keep racking up those intercept possessions and possibly get some kickouts, etc. I'm looking for the big eye test this weekend. I'm looking for a big tick aesthetically, his role, how he looks, because all of reports are he's doing really well in intra-club and in the um, trial, trial game. Looks really good. So I'm very tempted based on his price. Yeah, it's hard to ignore. I don't have him in at the moment. Um, but, yeah, a couple of times I have thrown him in to try to fit him into my structure. Uh, it just depends how deep you want to go in the defense. The problem is we've had a few decent defender rookies playing um, compared to, say, the forward line. So I'd rather put and, the money towards, you know, the forward line instead of putting it with the defense. But, yeah, if the eye test ticks all the boxes this week, it's going to be hard to ignore. Yep, Machessa going down as well, which makes it even harder. So I think it um, – and for me, it also depends if Coleman and Miller are actually perform and look good this weekend – um, they uh, look like good stepping stone options at this point, uh, hypothetically speaking. So I'm waiting to see a little bit from those guys as to whether I'd need a Sicily at D4 um, and see how we go, or even D3 at a stretch. But, you know, I guess we'll see how we go on that one. 36% um, there, mate. Benny boy? Yeah, I know. It's, uh, it's one of those ones where you're probably better off being in with the mix. Probably a bit of autofill there too. Um, when we have a look now at some of these other rookies to sort of keep an eye on. Now, McGuinness, I was keen on. He's a 143k mid forward. Impressed his tank over the summer, um, was looking pretty good, but then was quiet in the trial game. So now it's kind of like, well, you know, these Newcombs and these other players are probably, you know, he might even be on the outer at this point, which is probably a little bit upsetting. Um, so I'm keen to see this weekend, but he didn't do well last weekend. So at this point in time, Finn McGuinness, who I was hoping to be on field, is out of my team. Just waiting to see the, uh, some more data on that one. Josh Ward as well, 180,000, highly owned midfielder, their top draftee was quite impressive on the track, was looking, talked all the good things and was being really awesome. And um, when we have a look, he was quite in the trial game though. So, and had little CBAs, which is a little bit concerning. It's hard to get a bit of a read on that trial game too, because wasn't Hawthorne something like 80 or 90 points up and then they played a fifth and sixth quarter and somehow it ended up in a tie. Um, so it's even trying to read into like you're gathering those first three or four quarters was what Hawthorne was going to go with. But in the same time, it might've been a case where the Hawks have decided to go, okay, we're going to play all our guns. Now we're going to play our rookies later where the pies might've just had more of an even spread. So th this game's going to be really vital this weekend to actually see what Sam Mitchell wants to do in a proper four quarter setup. Yep, no, I do agree. And let's have a look at draft now. Hardwick is one I'm looking at, uh, 496k defender, so I'm not looking at him in standard. But if he does get some midfield time, which was kind of um, floated around, so if he gets some midfield time, I think he's good value at 91 average. You know, not someone I'd jump out at for, but, you know, can go from that. The other one is I'm having a look at probably Gunston, an extremely big slider, completed most of the preseason. So he is one that can definitely sort of float through. And you can pick him up as easily a bench player. And he is someone who should be able to go an 80-plus average as a nice little bench option because everyone's kind of ignoring him at this point. Um, and as for that, I think that's pretty much most of it. Swizz, anyone that's um, on your radar? Last uh, touches? Jack Scrimshaw is not, another bad, not a bad one there that people seem to be bypassing a lot in the drafts. Um, I like Connor Nash if he keeps that wing role. 
Um, showed some really good scores at the end of the season there, playing there. But again, it depends what Sam Mitchell wants to do with his lineup. Uh, the, how they set up their defence with Giaf Sicily back in um, and, and sort of Scrimshaw all off that half-back. I, I do want to see a bit more of that balance. Uh, but I think, yeah, there, there's definitely some discussion there. I know a lot of players, like people liked what Giaf did last year. And he was obviously, when players are in your standard team, you kind of take a bit more notice in your draft team. Uh, Warple's one that continues to yep. fall, slide down. Um, and you think he was one of Sammy Mitchell's boys, so he probably gets um, back into that midfield, but it's a bit of a wait and see. Um, but he's one that has the potential to, if he gets that uh, you know midfield field role full time, can you know sort of pump out that 90 average. So it might yeah, be a good one. I've got two more. Two more as well. Tom Phillips, if you are SC Elite, saying top Phil- um, Tom Phillips will be a top <laughs> six forward. Um, then is he in mid only this year, I think, Phillips? So, look, hey, he's uh, averaged 69.8. So there's definitely one that people can look out for. Um, and the other one is as well is that Will Day. Some people are real big on Will Day. Um, but with Sicily back here, it's like, okay, well, maybe he might become more of a, a rebounder and less of an interceptor. 345K. I'm not sure I'd start him in standard. Too expensive for me, but... Uh, I can see some people looking at him as a possible breakout option. Uh, for draft league, Swiss, would you have him on the bench or I wouldn't have him on field? No, I'd, I'd prefer not to, but I don't think I get the choice to to do that because there'd be other people hotter on Will Day than what yeah. I would be, um, which is a, which is a real shame because I wouldn't mind having him there, especially breaking got uh, you know emergency break glass in case sick, sick dog went down again. That's true. Um, I really like the Blake Hardwick call. I actually had him in my standard team for probably one weekend and then sort of other injuries happened to other players, which made more players irrelevant. And at the time, it was talked about Blake Hardwick doing the move to the midfield. So yep. if he does show up in that best midfield this week, you know, he's definitely not for standard anymore, but yeah, definitely somebody I wouldn't mind jumping at in draft. Ah, oh, the old in and, in and out trick. But that wraps us up. That's pretty much Hawthorne in a nutshell, everyone. Um, look, we keep an eye on things, and if anything does pop up between now and the Intra Club or the, I was at the Amy series, I never know what to call it, and uh, JLT Amy bloody changes every year. So, look, we'll keep an eye on that, and anyone that is noteworthy, and if anyone pops up, we will definitely go through there. And please do comment, like, subscribe, tell us who you are keeping an eye out for or who you're big on. If you're a Hawks supporter, tell us what we've missed because – there's definitely a whole world of unknown at this point in time, and um, we'll see how we go. Yeah, no, Swizzy. exactly. Yeah, no, no, I, I agree, mate. You know, the rookies will be interesting. I know the, talking to a mate the other day, Joe Sarong, Connor McDonald, Sam Butler, all got a mention. But, yeah, we, we're just waiting for that eye test this week, and Sammy Mitchell hopefully throws some of these guys in, and we might be blessed. Hashtag give blessed Hawthorne ruck, rucky, rookies. Give, give us some options, especially because of quite a few of them are cheap. And, um, yeah, so do your best work for us, Sammy Mitchell, because we kind of need some, especially forward or defender rookies oh, right now. We need some love. But, look, that's us. And uh, next, I think we have the Melbourne Demons, and we'll catch you then. Thanks, guys. See ya. Bye. The C is for the courage I possess through the drama. H is for the hurt, but it's all for the honor. A is for my attitude, working through the patience. Money comes and goes, so the M is for motivation. Gotta stay consistent, the P is to persevere. The I is for integrity, innovative career. The O is optimistic, open and never shut. And the N is necessary, cause I'm never giving up. See, they ask me how I did it, I just did it from the heart. Crushing the competition, been doing it from the start. They say that every champion is all about his principles. Carry. 